Welcome back to Becky Well Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now to preview week one of the NFL season is Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports. You can follow him on X at Yahoo Schwab. And Frank, earlier we uh, just heard from Travis Kelsey, who says he has put last season behind him. All the Super Bowl fun and frivolity, he's put it behind him. And now he's looking ahead to this upcoming season and taking down the Detroit Lions. I'm curious, though, are we just bored, quote-unquote bored, of the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of, say, betting on them or believing in them to repeat or things like that? Because it feels like our minds and our thoughts and bandwidth are going in all sorts of different directions. But I wonder if, when you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, that they're just so stable that maybe they can repeat. Yeah, and... You know, that's kind of what I wrote in my preview of them this offseason, just saying, I hate this because it's so simple, but they have Patrick Mahomes, they have Andy Reid, nothing else matters. It didn't matter that they traded one of the greatest receivers of this generation. Patrick Mahomes actually got better and won an MVP. Like, nobody, there's literally nobody else playing football right now that can do that. I mean, if as great as Joe Burrow is, if you trade Jamar Chase tomorrow, he's going to take a step back, but Patrick Mahomes actually got better somehow. It's... It just makes the analysis of the season almost meaningless, right? Like, oh, Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback. That's all you need to know. And But that's it with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to be in the mix. I mean, they're going to be great. Though I will say, though, Chris Jones is bothersome. What is happening with him? I don't think he's going to be out till week eight because, you know, you're talking about, about $10 million in fines right there. But he is so important to what they do on defense. And even if he misses Thursday and by time, you know, Right now, it feels like he will. What is he going to do, walk in this afternoon and play a full complement of snaps on Thursday night? I doubt that. That defense is a little scary without him. He is one of the pillars of this dynasty the Chiefs got going. Without him, that's a problem. But otherwise, yeah, I think you're right. That it's just boring to say, oh, the Chiefs are going to repeat. We want new blood. We want to talk about the Bengals or the Eagles or even the Bills again. But the Chiefs, until they get knocked off, you know, that's who it is. That's who the King of the Hill, the King of the Hill is right now. Uh, Thursday night, season opener, six and a half is the number. The total, 54 and a half. How are you betting it? I love the Lions. I really do, and the points. And because of the Chris Jones thing, I think they're live as a money line play, too. I mean, not just the six and a half, but who the Chiefs are going to have trouble stopping people without Chris Jones. He's one of the five best defensive players in the game. And that defense with him is average. What's it going to be without him? And again, he could walk into the facility this afternoon and end his holdout. I still don't think he could play a normal game full of snaps. It's just unrealistic, even for a guy as great as him. So I really like the Lions to score a lot of points, keep this thing close, cover the spread. Again, we, we can talk about how we're bored of the Chiefs and all that, but the Chiefs have been a, a bad ATS bet for a few years now because we know that there's a tax. If if you want to bet the Chiefs, you're going to have to lay some some extra points there. I'm not willing to do it on this Thursday night game. I get champs usually come out, play well in that opening Thursday night, but to me, the Lions here are very live as an underdog. I'm definitely taking the six and a half points, and it's mostly because of the Chris Jones factor. I don't think that that's been talked about enough. And the same goes with Nick Bosa and the 49ers. We have two of the top five to ten best defensive players in the world holding out, and yet the lines really haven't moved at all. Speaking of underdogs, week one underdogs of eight or more 
Um, our 25 and 9 ATS, that's 74% since 2003. Of course, I'm looking at the Texans at Ravens. Everyone knows I'm a big Ravens fan around here. But when I look at plus 10 for the Texans, that's a big number. Do you think they can cover? I think they can. And I, you know, usually I'm a guy who I agree with Sean McVay and Brandon Staley. Don't play your guys in a preseason, right? Don't get them hurt. Just we'll see them week one. It's fine. I think with this new offense, it would have been good for Lamar Jackson to play a little bit and these starters to play. We didn't see them at all in August, and I think that that's going to lead to them being a little rusty week one. Now, are they going to lose? Should you avoid them in survivor pools? Probably not. I, the Ravens will probably get this win, but as you said, a lot of points for week one. I think this Texans team is going to be feisty this year. I, I didn't love what I saw out of C.J. Stroud in a preseason, but I do believe in his talent. I think he's a good player. And their offensive line is getting better. And Damian Pierce is good. And I'm buying all the stock in D'Amico Ryans as a coach. So I do think the Texans are going to be competitive this year. I think they can cover this spread. But just because, again, I, I just think the Ravens come out of the gate a little slow. There's a brand-new offense for them. Not just minor tweaks here either. This sounds like a really, really brand-new scheme for them. As Lamar has said before, less running, more passing. We'll see how that works. And I think it, it might take them a couple weeks just to get, get kind of in a groove with this new Todd Munkin offense. In my personal experience over these last several weeks in terms of preps for this upcoming season, it feels like everywhere I turn, there's reason for optimism when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, whether it's pass rushing, maybe the secondary uh, gains a year of experience, Deshaun Watson, maybe he'll turn back the clock, whatever the case may be. There's always that thing that says, hey, don't forget about the Browns. This is not that big of a spread against Cincinnati. Just a two-and-a-half-point two spread. Cleveland is uh, hosting this contest. How do you see that playing out? Yeah, also, uh, Nick Chubb is the first-round pick in just about all of my fantasy teams, too, right? Like, I mean, yeah, the, the Browns yeah. have a lot going on for them. It all depends on Deshaun Watson. And a lot of the camp reports where their offense didn't look good, Deshaun didn't look good. I, I'm, I'm struggling with that because – as my buddy, my coworker, Scott Pianowski, says, if you hear good camp reports, you can just ignore them, right? Everybody's positive this mm -hmm. time of year. If you hear a bad camp report, you should probably pay attention because there's not a lot of negativity in August. But yet the drumbeat was Watson doesn't look great. The offense doesn't look great. I don't know. It's tough for me because a guy like Watson, who has played at a top five level, whatever we think about him off the field is what we think about him. But as a player, he was a top five quarterback the last time we saw him. Guys like that don't just fade away in their late 20s. Like that, that is very, very rare outside of an injury. So we'll see with Deshaun Watson. I'm going to be on them week one. I'm hoping, hoping this gets to three. I don't know that it will. I'll be on the money line with them too. I, I like this Browns team. I think they're going to be good. I do believe in Deshaun Watson. It, it's a little scary now that, that you know, the, this negative drum beat. But look, Watson was in an unwinnable situation last year. It was all his own doing. I'm not feeling pity for him or anything, obviously. But you're asked to join a team after 11 games you're going to be playing with new teammates, new scheme, new coach. You're going to do so in some bad, terrible, cold-weather games. He was never going to look good late last season, and he didn't. He struggled. I think he comes back this season, a normal offseason, full offseason with Stefanski and that staff and, and the scheme. I think he looks a lot better. It looks more like the guy we saw in Houston. I think the Browns are going to be competitive in that division, and I think they're going to win week one. Uh, speaking of week one, how about your favorite side? You've, uh, over the years, been very successful in some of these uh, Vegas contests, e even though it's earlier in the week. And, well, it doesn't still have to be an injury report like it is uh, for the rest of the season. What's one game that sticks out that you're going to have locked in? 
Yeah, I wish I wish you would ask me a month ago because I could have given you Packers plus three. Now I got to give you what Packers plus one. Yeah. I, I think people well, have realized we're going to win. Hey, so whatever. Hey, you know <laughs> what? Why not? I think people have finally realized that we are underrating the Green Bay Packers and overrating the Chicago Bears. I'll tell you this: my two. Mm-hmm. And I think we, I talked about this with you guys in the summer. My two favorite win total plays are Bears under and Packers over. So if I'm not on the Packers a week one, something's wrong. I, I just think that we've completely dismissed the possibility that this Packers team is good. And it's not just because Jordan Love's going to be some MVP and they're going to continue on this run of Hall of Fame quarterback play. That's not going to happen. But I think Jordan Love could be good, middle-of-the-road quarterback, and the rest of this team around him has got a lot of talent. And I just think the, the this whole drama with Aaron Rodgers the year after year. Look, if we were sick of the Aaron Rodgers drama every year, you know the players in that locker room are sick of it. And I think that this kind of fog has been lifted from them. Nobody's going to trash Aaron Rodgers. Of course, he's an icon franchise, NFL icon, too. But I think that they feel like, you know what? We're good players, too. And we're not just the Aaron Rodgers show. And we're going to show it. We're going to rally around this quarterback who everybody talks about showing up every day, going to work, putting in the work. I think the Packers are going to be really good this season. I think that they might win the NFC North. I love the Packers mm-hmm. coming into the year compared to what the market has them at. So, yes, of course, i got to be on Packers week one against the Bears if I'm down on them. How do you rate the Giants? I think a lot of people thought they got lucky last year, maybe due for some regression. And now we're seeing Cowboys at Giants. Giants, home divisional dogs, more than a field goal, plus three and a half. What's your assessment of this matchup? Yeah, and it's tough to take the more than three and a half. That's what bothers me, the hook there. So I I don't know what I'm going to do with this game, but I do in general – want to fade the Giants this year. I do think they were a little lucky last year. I think the Commanders finish ahead mm-hmm. of them in the in the standings this year. I think the Commanders actually could make the playoffs. That's a pretty good team. Uh, so the Giants, look, and I don't want to fade Brian Dayball that much because I do like him as a coach. I don't think he's going to be one of these Stefanski, Matt Nagy guys who wins coach of the year as a rookie and just fades away right away. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Brian Dayball is a good coach, but I still think there's flaws in this Giants roster. And I think that, you know, they were closer to a 500 team last year than that playoff team that went and beat another flawed over their skis team and the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs. I just think they take a step back and everybody else in the NFC East is really, really strong. Obviously, Eagles and Cowboys are awesome. Maybe the two best teams in the NFC. As I said, I'm I'm high on the commanders. I want to I want to back them early in the season. So I do think the Giants take a little bit of a step back. But even saying that, I hate like three and a half more than three. Like you said, divisional game at home, week one. It's going to be tough for me. I'll, in these pools where I got to make a pick on every game, I'll probably pick the Cowboys, but it, over three kind of worries me. Definitely understand that. I do have a theory when it comes to the AFC that I want to run by you, and please let me know what you think. And, and definitely, like, there are multiple paths that I'm betting on when it comes to the AFC, but this one kind of stands out. What if in the AFC, because you have so many great quarterbacks, that there is this kind of cannibalization where no one team really stands out? And so then the ultimate factor is, say, strength of schedule. Kind of like the Tennessee Titans from a few years ago, where they weren't the best team in the AFC, but they just had it much easier than everyone else. And so that's how they wound up with a one seed. Is it possible that the same thing can happen to the Jaguars? Maybe that journey starts in week one as four and a half point favorites against Indianapolis, but it is something where maybe you don't think the Jaguars are the best team in the AFC, but they have the best context to get that one seed and have an easier path to the Super Bowl. Yeah, can we just repeat your comments on a loop? Because I feel the exact same way. Like everything you said, spot on. 
Do I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are the best team in the AFC? No, I don't. But I've already bet them to have the most wins in the NFL this year, the number one seed in the AFC. I've definitely bet on Trevor Lawrence win MVP for every reason you talked about. You're right. Every one of those other divisions, really, really tough. You're going to beat each other up a little bit. And I'm really, really down on the AFC South because I'm down on the Titans. I just think the Titans, what we saw last year, that losing streak to end the year, I get there were a lot of injuries, but I think that was a sign of things to come. I mean, there's a reason they were dangling Tannehill and Henry in trades in March. Like they, I think that they know they're not very good. So I think the Jaguars win this division by three, four games at least, and it's going to give them a shot, just like the Titans a couple of years ago, to steal that number one seed, even though they're not the best team. They could, they could have a 12-13 win type of year. Well, the Buffalo Bills, I love the Buffalo Bills coming into this year. I also hate the Buffalo Bills schedule. The same, same goes for any team in the AFC North. They're, they're all going to beat each other up a little bit, whereas I think, the, I think the Jaguars easily can go 6-0 in this division, and they could go out and, and, and be definitely in line for that number one seed, most wins in the NFL. I love that call. I think it's a smart one. Again, you don't have to believe the Jaguars are the best team, just that they'll have the best record in the AFC, and the path is definitely there for them. Frank, take us anywhere you want in the awards market. MVP, comeback. Offensive, defensive player of the year, rookie, coach of the year. Uh, what do you like? A couple of them. Uh, I get, I get through as many as possible. Then love the Bills to win a Super Bowl. I've been saying all off season. If you loved the Bills twelve months ago, you should love the Bills right now because you get better odds. They had an awesome season last year. Did not lose a game in a regular season by more than three points. I get it. They, the Bengals playoff game was ugly, but that was still an awesome Bills team that was closer to sixteen and zero than we realize. I love the Bills to win the Super Bowl this year. I love Lawrence to win MVP, but I also put some money on Hurts. I'm surprised he's not the favorite. It just seems like the voters are going to say, "Well, Shalen Hurts' turn. Let's give him the MVP." I think he could easily win that, and he's still getting about eleven to one odds. So I, I really like that play. I've got them both. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Anthony Richardson, because voters love quarterbacks, and I think. Anthony Richardson has that whole offense on his shoulders. He's going to rush for 1,000 yards this year. He's going to be a really, really effective player in many ways. And then the maybe the, the long shot I like the best, and the odds have come way down, I've talked about my Packers love. If they go to the playoffs, if they win that division, Matt LaFleur is going to win Coach of the Year. Because you can already see the narrative happening of, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. he went from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan mm-hmm. Love, and he still they won the division. They went to the playoffs. Maybe this guy's amazing career record isn't just a product of Aaron Rodgers. Maybe this guy's a really good coach, and we need to give him his flowers and a Coach of the Year award. So that's maybe my favorite play in the futures market. But, man, you're getting me fired up because now it's like all these things <laughs> we're going to see on Thursday and Sunday, all these things start to start to play out. I'm so excited for the season and all my bets and fantasy teams and all that. It's just week one is the best. I, I love it. Man. I'm, I'm getting fired up here. I love it too. And I want the props to be listed. Is there any player or matchups that you have your eye on for week one that you're thinking, oh, yeah, I can't wait for that one to be posted? Honestly, I haven't yet. I mean, anything Washington related because I, I don't think we're really understanding how bad the Cardinals are yet. Like, I, I think that this might be a team that we're looking at December. Are they going to win? They're going to get a win. Like they're, they're starting Joshua Dobbs or Clayton Toon week one. I, what? Like, do these guys actually exist? Is Clayton Toon a guy, has anybody ever met Clayton Toon? Like, is he real? Like, are they just making this up to see if you fall for it? It is. This Arizona team is not only bad, but they're awful. And everything, I want to see if McLaurin plays because if he does it to the moon with Jahan Dotson, I'll play everything you got with him, Sam Howell. I'm surprised they're only minus seven, to be honest. They're going to be America's teaser, right? Who is not teasing Washington Mm. Commanders down? 
that's basic. I, I haven't really dug into it because, like you said, a lot of them haven't been posted. But when they do, first game I'm going to look at is what can I bet for Washington over? Because this Arizona, it might be the worst offensive team and the worst defensive team in football. And you don't get that combo very often. Oh, that Washington <laughs> Washington tease. Like, I'm going to have a problem because I'm going to do it too much and every, parlay that. Every every, yeah, exactly. Uh, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, part three, I suppose, of our futures portfolio. And we'll get into a little week one action. That's right here on the BetQL Network.